The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. I expect it to be a battle all the way through. Um, both uh, the Cowboys and Eagles are, are both physical, talented teams who are really fast and um, have a lot of talent. So just like it was a battle this past week, I'm expecting that, if not more, this week. You know, them being in their home home stadium, home crowd uh, behind them, they're going to be juiced up, ready to go. No, I haven't even thought about it. We're, we're focused on this week, focused on the Chiefs. Now we're not playing for a Super Bowl this week, so got to get through this one. And got to get those refunds sent out. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, top of the hour here on the show. Happy to have you with us. 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. And happy to welcome in now uh, a good friend, Cynthia Freeland, analytics expert for NFL Network. Cynthia, good morning. Uh Uh-oh. We are struggling with our phones this morning. Phone lines aren't doing us any, any help this morning. Oh, that's tough. I want to talk to the architect of game theory. She is outstanding. She is so into stats. It makes me, it's like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, and the the reason it interests me, and I was just watching, you know, because that's my network of choice because they specialize in just that sport as opposed to some other networks. And it, it's, it's counterintuitive to kind of how I've always looked at sports mm-hmm. as a competitor and a, and a coach. Now, I know analytics has crept into coaching the last 10 years quite a bit, but it's the most reluctant sport, I think, in my opinion, to embrace analytics. Well, and, you know, it's great to have that perspective because, for me, I never played the sport. So I always looked at the sport from a stat-driven angle. And so because of that, I like projections more than I, more than I can understand maybe what is actually happening, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I use the stats to predict versus rather letting real-time things uh, tell the story, if that makes sense. And you know what's interesting, too, is how about how general managers and, and presidents and head coaches now try to have this symbiotic relationship based on who embraces it. You see it all the time in baseball. Right, the guys that like to fill out the lineup card based on fi- like Jim Leland and analytics. Can you imagine? No, <laughs> Jim Leland is the guy that once cussed out Barry Bonds at Pirate Spring Training and said, This is his team. Can you imagine Jim Freeland getting a general manager? Leland. Le- did I say Leland? You said Freeland for Cynthia. Oh, <laughs> Jim Leland <laughs> turning and burning his cigarettes, embracing analytics in the front baseball office to set his lineups there's no way so somewhere where those those worlds collide i i think as i watch it in sports we've seen it dominate basketball 
No more long twos, right? How efficient do you have to be in your two-point pull-up game? To off, how, how good do you have to be with Booker and DeMar DeRozan and, and Kawhi Leonard to offset either layups or threes, right? Like that's right. – it's tough, and we, we see it in analytics all the time with, with other sports. Football, now where do we see it? The Nick Sirianni's, the Brandon Staley's going for it, the Buffalo Bills. It's like they're, they're playing the analytics game. There's a reason we've seen more two-point conversions in the last five years. So we weren't able to get Cynthia via the phone, but I'm told that we have Cynthia through StreamYard. Shaner, she loaded up, ready to go? In a second here. Okay. okay, great. So we'll get her there. Um, so we, we will still be able to talk football with you. Um, and then a little bit later on in this segment, we're going to go back to that reset, rebuild, what we were just talking about with Brandon Vogel, because I, I think I have a point that may be Quaker-like. May, <laughs> I, I may be... Are you Puritan, Quaker? Like, what, like I, where, I may, where are we I going with this? I may be resting this? in the middle, and I, I don't, oh, I don't a, lead you're, one you're way. Waffler. We've got her here. We've okay. got her. She's in. She, she won't be on video, but... Uh, That's totally okay. fine. That's great. Cynthia, good morning. Can you hear us? Can you hear us, Cynthia? We're going to pot her up, I think, here in a minute. Mm. It is potted up. How did we just talk to Brandon in Nashville? And not get Cynthia now. Yeah, it might, I think Shane knows that I'm curious to have this analytics in the NFL discussion. I'm curious. Well, I always like to learn. And you, we've been dying to get her on. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be I've been sick? asking for two I weeks. Know, it, <laughs> <laughs> Shane, give the man what he asks, okay? Can he just talk to Cynthia? <laughs> wow, you literally just said you've been asking for two weeks, you baby. I've been asking Shane for two weeks. Like, let's get Cynthia on, man. Let's How about what he told on, you man. yesterday that he got her and you're like, Yes! <laughs> I was stoked. I was so happy. <laughs> you child. I am such a. I'm such a kid. <laughs> but now your now your buzz I, is momentarily delayed. I mean, I, it's more heartbreak. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I, are you gonna be all right? You seem very hurt right now. <laughs> oh, thank I, you. I think we're just gonna have to pass today till we get you know fi- figured out. Yeah. Come on, oh. Shane. Oh, how do we how do we get B Vogues? That I don't know because he was on video. Is that did that change it? I don't know. I mean. Or Sasha Durkin when you need her. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, like that one, that's a low blow. Okay, we got to recalibrate. We got to, yeah, we got to, let's, let's tie it back we, all together. We, we got to refocus. Um, rebuild, well, rebuild as a Puritan I, I, and a Quaker. <laughs> we need to rebuild this show right now. <laughs> or do we reset it? I'm on my uh, steel cut. All right, try her once more. Oh, all right, we're trying again. Cynthia. Just once more. I can hear you now. Yeah, let's all go. right. Let's go. <laughs> Game changer. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us, Cynthia. Absolutely. How are you guys doing? I appreciate the patience. That's the thing. Yeah, How that's about huge. that? Thank you. Thank uh, you. We're good. We're good. And hey, you know, being as stat-driven as you are, because I want to get right into this now. It's been teasing me. It's been <laughs> hanging over me. Two weeks, Cynthia. <laughs> um, being as stat-driven as you are, um, I'd like to start with your projections. You know, the teams out of yeah. the AFC give you the most confidence to win it all. But I think even more surprising is seeing the Eagles hold up the rear out of the four remaining teams. What gives you that inclination? It's really interesting. I was a little surprised about that, too, when I was looking at everything as it, you know, I, I, I put them, the, it's, it's a very unbiased model. So I put the information in and that's what came out. But it is a very close game between the Niners and the Eagles. So when I'm looking at the Eagles and their 
specific team and they have been the best at like fourth down decisions. Jalen Hurts is the best against zone defense, etc. But there's a couple of areas where they it, like if, if things get off the rails, for example, like, you know, like if you need your running backs to pick up a blitz or something happens and you're playing from behind, they're not as well equipped as some of the other teams. So if things don't go well, if that if that read option doesn't work, if you know, if the run game stops being effective for their offense, we haven't really seen them dig themselves out of a lot of holes, which means there's a bit of uncertainty there, which could be good, but also could be bad. Yeah, I'm curious. I got to I want to back up whether I'm watching game theory or um, the projections. I hear you say things like putting in numbers coach for a long time, played even longer. And when I hear analytics in the NFL, I think of the major sports it's been the last to really embrace analytics. Now, we've seen this new age of the McVeighs and the Shanahans and uh, the McDermott's and the Sirianni's, folks that really have kind of embraced analytics. Why do you think the NFL was kind of, I, maybe slow is not the word? Why was there such reluctance and such a data-driven deal to embrace analytics? That's a great question. I think part of it is that you have 11 moving pieces on each side of the ball in every snap. And there is a lot of patience involved in creating a mo- like when I'm modeling, I have to ask former players and coaches to vet what I'm doing so that, you know, you don't want the machine to tell you everything you want it to be programmed in a way that's what what would a human do? You just want it to be faster. You don't want it to be different. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. You're not trying to take the element out of it. You just You know, when you're coaching, you watch, what, four weeks of film prior to a game. Well, this way, you can watch every single time that, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts has, you know, faced a what looked like cover two ahead of the snap, but rotated to single high after, you know, whatever. You You can watch that. You can catalog that extremely quickly, whereas that would have taken you a day before. Now it takes you like three seconds, right? So the reality is, is it just took a lot of patience to get there. And there's so many moving pieces on every snap that it's just so hard to get to. All right. So Andrew and I got in a knockdown, not a knockdown drag out, a very good discussion <laughs> on Monday I over. Won. I think we kind of ended on the same side. We were talking about this Burrow versus Mahomes thing, Mahomes health, the four in a row. And I said, at the end of the day, why do I like the Chiefs? Well, I'm going to take Andy Reid, the due diligence that I think will happen in this with game planning, and a healthy Mahomes, a healthy Er Mahomes at home that's actually got a legitimate chip on his shoulder versus the manufactured chips like mm-hmm. we sometimes hear from Chiefs fans. Mm-hmm. Is that smart to factor that in, or should I just be like – would you be like, hey, DB, keep your emotions out of it. I understand this is what the data says. Because it seems to me I want to lean towards intangibles. Is that what gets us in trouble? Um, I mean, it depends. Right? You know, we always overcorrect, right? Last week, I think about it with this Bengals O-line. Last week, we're like, they're, it, they're toast. There's three O-linemen gone, and the Bills are just going to, you know, the, the Bills are just going to kill them and blah, 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 right? And then <laughs> now it's like, oh, they don't even need their starting O-linemen. They're to- like – so we get we go too far. The pendulum swings too far. So your emotions should be in it. You just have to be mindful of like how far you swing each way so you're not overcorrecting or overreacting. But the emotions are part of it for sure. And I think off like what you have to look at is 
the data does suggest like Patrick Mahomes from a clean pocket has thrown for the most yards and touchdowns this season. And by the way, he's had a clean pocket more often this season than any in, in, in the history of his game so far. So, yeah, Andy mm. Reid crafting an offense that make the, the problem is when your emotions also say, hey, I remember my mind thinks about Patrick Mahomes scrambling, dropping back, doing horizontal throws that somehow make it to the end zone. But you have to remember that that's like once or twice a, a game for him. But, you know, he, there's a lot of other throws in that game that are, are more higher probability throws. We're talking to Cynthia Freeland, analytics expert for NFL Network. Toss her a follow on Twitter at C Freeland. Cynthia, uh, let's take a look at the NFC here because the 49ers, to me, have the best defense remaining uh, out of any team left. Now, the Eagles are up there, too, so the NFC is really set up for a good defensive matchup here. Uh, but every week, the offense for the 49ers comes into question because you have Brock Purdy, um, and he always seems to put your mind at rest, though. And, uh, you know, my question to you is, can Brock Purdy win you a Super Bowl in his first NFL season? Like, is there data to back up at all that, that put the 49ers at this point, at this stage in the season, at a disadvantage or at an advantage uh, for, for some reason because uh, Brock has continued to silence the skeptics? It's funny because, you know, you start, you talked about that defense and you're absolutely right. And like Fred Warner should, needs like a, we need more, we need to talk about him more. But oh, he's, 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 he's the best player. He's the best defensive player on that team. I don't think, Bosa's great. I love the, the havoc, the splash. Give me Fred Warner and his versatility. Yeah. I mean, you saw him pick the ball off last week and stop every single run play. Like, that's just, it's amazing to be, I love that versatility. You're totally right. But, that look, stopping the run the way that the Niners have been able to, in fact, like, you can't run inside on them at all. And mm. that's where Miles Sanders likes to run. You just can't. They're the best in the league, and it's not even close. That changes the cadence of the entire game and changes the opportunity for a guy like Brock Purdy. So when you're looking at Brock Purdy and what he's done, it's really like you talk about Andy Reid. You should talk about Kyle Shanahan mm -hmm. here as well and all of those weapons i mean the the running backs they have like three of the top yards after contact and yards after catch guys in the entire league on one team and like they, they're the first team in nfl history with like five players to average over five yards per rush every time they touch the ball and they touched at least 40 times like this is a ridiculously stacked team and then when you see things like last week the the cowboys were a tricky defense to start for Brock Purdy. It didn't start off super pretty. But then what you saw is you saw Kyle Shanahan use the empty formations on one, almost a third of dropbacks. And what that did was you can you can speak to this more than me even. Like, you know, those when the wide receivers are out wide, you get a little tip off as to what the defense is trying to do against you. Mm -hmm. And that just made it easier for Brock Purdy. In those situations when they were in empty, his time to throw was like a half a second shorter than when he wasn't using empty so it was quick passes it was designs and schemes and that's pretty much just like Kyle Shanahan's brain coming out in the form of a game but also Brock Purdy being excellent at executing it let me ask you something Cynthia kind of off topic but I think you're the perfect person to ask because of data I, I keep looking at you know EPA and, and drop back and turnovers and I'm looking at two quarterbacks that have been killed the last couple of days in the media Dak Prescott and Josh Allen and I look at their numbers side by side in QBR and you could maybe say advantage Dak in terms of games played why do we view those two quarterbacks in such different lights 
Well, I mean, first off, I like if you can be the person to to determine how a reaction to a cowboy's moment happens, like just you know, <laughs> like that, like that's that's a you know it's going to be touchy, right? Like whatever it is with the cowboys, like it's the you know they're the best in the world, they're the worst in the world. It's like so dramatic with them always, right? So that's the first part. But I, look, both Dak and Josh Allen had these monster expectations heading into the season. Josh Allen was the you know, odds-on favorite to be the league MVP prior to the season starting. And, you know, they everyone's like, well, Brian Dable's now in, you know, New York. What's going to happen with Ken Dorsey and blah, blah, blah. And, you, you know, you got that splashy uh, video of Ken Dorsey, like, beating the crap out of his Microsoft Surface tablet, like, when they were, you know, whatever. <laughs> so you just, there was a lot of moments throughout the season where, you know, you just saw these two. And, and of course, the quarterback always takes the majority of the responsibility. And both quarterbacks have committed too many turnovers and there's just no two ways about it the bills o-line isn't as good as 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 maybe they thought ahead of the season and Dak, you know he he threw some uncharacteristic interceptions some weren't his fault but some were confusing and you just can't do that when you're in these high profile situations cynthia i'll get you out of here on this as we look uh, maybe more future here than immediate. There's a lot of NFL coaching jobs open right now. Based on what you're seeing and uh, what your models provide, who do you project will be the first team to make a hire? Ooh, that's a great question. I think it's the I think it's going to be the Denver Broncos. We saw yesterday. I have no idea. Just so you know, this is <laughs> this is my this is tea leaves. Like because yesterday they finally said goodbye to their to the interim head coach. Right. That would lead me to believe that they're they're further along with their decision making process than others. But that's not the job I would take. The best job, in my opinion, if you want to win football games, I think you should take the Panthers' job then, because in reality, the the NFC South is the one where you could potentially get some Ws, whereas like the AFC West seems like a total nightmare. Thank you, Cynthia. We appreciate Man. your time, uh, and hopefully, we can talk again soon. Sorry for the mix-up. A- absolutely. No, hey, Thank no, you so much. We, we got it. We stayed at. We stayed at it. We're good. <laughs> Thank you. We went deep into the football game, <laughs> and we still won. Oh man. That, we got it. Appreciate you. Video, Thank you, you too. Thanks for having me. For sure. That's Cynthia Freeland again, analytics expert for NFL Network, and uh, toss her a follow on Twitter. I'll She's say fan. it again. She's at fantastic. C Freeland, smart. Like uh, yeah. she, she is super. Super smart. All, all that being said, give me the Chiefs. <laughs> How about, to her saying at the end that the Panthers, if you want to win right but away. But I, I said that uh-huh. to you, right. right? Remember when we, we kept talking about all the jobs? I said, why wouldn't you? The why Panthers, wouldn't you want the Panthers? They were everybody climbing. talks about the Colts. Give me the Panthers mm-hmm. job. And it's interesting, too, because. I you, certainly you, don't want Denver. You look at what happened midseason when Matt Rule was fired. And then all of a sudden they started to, like, pick up some ground toward the end mm-hmm. what what are they missing a quarterback like are they a quarterback away or is maybe. Sam Darnold the guy maybe and can I just say this about coach rule and listen I don't know the inner workings of what happened in Charlotte and I still have some really good buddies um that work there in that market uh I a lot of people can put two and two together and that was obviously the franchise that that I first signed with but I the more I'm around the more I interact with coach rule and the more i listen to things like you know what did he say with busting with the boys when he said hey listen i mean you 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 guys were three and nine or four and eight last year like let me do my thing like why do you care about what i'm doing the more i hear things like that and i and i glean into his personality i think was the nfl or 
ever a really good fit for what his mm-hmm. strengths are. No. It do- okay. So it doesn't, it, seem, it like doesn't seem like it. So I don't know if the NFL should be in the topic of right. discussion when it comes to Matt Rule's success because he's a – I just don't know if the NFL is built for a guy that is that, number one, confident in his own abilities – that is relational in terms of a developer player and kind of wants to do his own thing. I, I just don't think what I think about those things, like that's not how an NFL you about, works. You talk about coaching um, and especially in college basketball, like players driving the team. Um, in college football, I would actually say it, it could be on the other end of how like a coach actually needs to insert his presence more mm-hmm. because you're dealing with more personnel. Meanwhile, in the NFL, it's a different look because all of these guys have been there, done that. They know what it takes day in and day out. That's their job. Not yeah. to say college football isn't a job for these kids because it is. It's treated like a job. If, if you went to college, you're either a student worker and you work at the local Wendy's, or if you're a player, uh, you, you play football and like you go to practice two-a-days. You, know, you go and... and uh, have study halls with your teammates and things like that. I would almost say that it's more important to be a coach in college than it is to be a coach in the NFL. Now, maybe when it's draw, drawing up plays and things like that, that's different. But when we talk player relationships, that's why Matt Rule's strength fits in college. You know, it's interesting. I, the last This whole recruiting process, is, it, it sharpened my prism on the ability to, I think, do my job better. Because... I have like real frame of references and I can pit what I hear versus what I actually see on Saturdays and things like that. And I listened to, you know, in the last handful of weeks and days, just just yesterday, right? Colorado, Vanderbilt, Iowa, Minnesota, uh, Oklahoma was the day before. And and so I'm I'm listening and we're you know questions are being asked and the recruiting process is going on. Nebraska sounds a lot closer to Minnesota and Iowa than they do, let's say, Colorado and Oklahoma. Who you know Venables is familiar with Oklahoma, but still only going to be in the second year of putting that program together. Colorado, the most vastly different of the bunch. And, and boy, he's fantastic, right? Former Shadron guy and, and, and knows, I think, the area well. But listening to, like, the blueprints and kind of where programs are, I see why people are confident, why they want to drink the Kool-Aid with Coach Rule, because I'm telling you, he sounds a lot closer to, you know, Rossi and, and Collins and Coach Fleck you know, Coach Wood, you know, LeVar Woods, in terms of experience and this is what we do, this is who we are, this is what we're projecting, then some programs that are kind of trying to still either turn the corner or just getting started, which is weird because he's only been here two and a half months, but he has the experience that precedes him, right. that you hear come through his staff. It, it's, I'm blown away by some of these things that I've been hearing. It's just like, I, I, I mean, 
I, put it this way. I know why Kansas State wins. I know why they mm-hmm. win. I hear why they win. And I pit what I hear versus what, what, what I see. And I'm like, and it's little stuff. It's little stuff. And I'm like, you know what? There's longevity in that. We'll talk Reset Rebuild next, but you said something there that sparked some interest in my brain, and I'm going to save that segment for tomorrow. Um, and it's all about how you, you talked about how Coach Rule kind of has it all laid out, and some programs don't feel like they do. And it makes me think about what's going on in other coaches' minds when they talk to recruits. So we'll do that tomorrow, <laughs> but Reset Rebuild next. <laughs> 